In a building of Funhouse Mirrors, Carol Ann Freeling will encounter the scariest poltergeist of all, the lack of pronouns. Carol Ann? Carol Ann? Carol Ann? You can come back through the mirror, Carol Ann. Please, Carol Ann, come back through the mirror. Carol Ann? Carol Ann? Come to me, Carol Ann. Don't be frightened. Won't you join us, Carol Ann? Carol Ann? Carol Ann? There are a lot of bad movies out there. Listen as we try to find the ones that are so bad, they're actually good. Is it just bad? Or is it exceptionally bad? Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Exceptionally Bad. I'm Ben. I'm Brant. I'm Bracken. I'm Nathan. And I'm Danny. So, uh, I'm just going to come out with it right from the beginning. Today we saw Poltergeist 3. And uh, before we get talking about Poltergeist 3... I only had to change my underwear like twice. (laughs) (laughs) Unrelated. (laughs) Right. I want to... uh, I want to talk about the first movie, Poltergeist, okay? Poltergeist what? Poltergeist is my favorite film. Um, I love that movie. I love horror movies, and like, I wish there were more films like Poltergeist. Anyway, somebody here has never, had never seen Poltergeist, and so a couple of days ago, um, many of us got together and we watched Poltergeist, uh, for Danny, it was his first time ever seeing it. It was. Um, tell us about... Well, before we get there, Danny, do you like scary movies? No. What is your favorite scary movie? Poltergeist. Before Poltergeist, what was your favorite scary movie? I did not like any scary movies. I just generally don't like scary movies. I don't go into movies... I usually think that... Horror movies, scary movies are just like a sadistic way of making us feel really scared, right? But Poltergeist, for me, changed everything about what a scary, quote-unquote, horror movie uh, can be. And that it really can be a totally amazing movie. I thought Army of Darkness did that for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Army of Darkness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that well scene changed my life. <laughs> so, uh, what was it about Poltergeist that was different for you? He got the whole Brant's hand. That's true. Yeah, so I was in between uh, Nate and Brant, and so anytime I felt a little nervous, they just kind of reached out and held their hands. <laughs> Um, just just to clarify everybody, I'm the big spoon. <laughs> I'm the big spoon. <laughs> um, what made this different? I don't know. So, um, 
let me ask you this. Yeah. Was there anything about the movie that scared you? Like, while you were watching it, were you scared at all? Or were there jump scares? There weren't really jump scares, except for, I mean skeletons mm-hmm. like coming out of the out of the ground that kind of thing was right. a bit uh, opening jump scary. the uh, opening the door to the bedroom there's right. a, there was, a jump yeah, scare there was a jump yeah. scare in the original yeah there was like the hand that shoots out yeah. of the tv the light hand that yes. shoots right at what about the face. clown the clown mm. the clown was scary but there was oh yeah at the end at the, end, the yeah. jump scare and the, of the, and clown the swimming was, pool there's some yeah so those scares. are all yeah. jump scares but for the most, it wasn't so much jump scare as it was just kind of that the whole tone. build up and tone yeah. of it. Um, but I I was scared when I got home and everything was quiet and I was just by myself. I didn't have Nate and Brant to sit <laughs> between, and that was scary. I had to go check in all the rooms. I left all the rooms a little bit open, yeah, because I didn't want you know the poltergeist to be in there. I thought you, said I, you were you were afraid your wife up, was still awake. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and immediately I went onto Wikipedia to see if the crossings was built on an old graveyard site. <laughs> because that's the that's the neighborhood you live in. That's the neighborhood I live in. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, it was just so well done. All of like what makes a good movie that you guys know about, mm-hmm. like, and the little bits of humor that was thrown in there were just like at the perfect time. Yeah. Um. So, the whole thing was just. Yeah, what's what's fun about the original is it kind of builds up to what's going to happen, right? There's uh, moments in the movie where, you know, there's normal family activity. The the, the little girl's bird dies. Oh, no, we're going to flush it down the toilet. The remote control war with a neighbor. Yeah, there's lots of funny moments. There's the construction worker, you know, sitting in the window trying to eat food or... Drinking her coffee. Listening to family conversations, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it kind of light and kind of makes you feel comfortable. Exactly. My my favorite foreshadowing scene in that movie is when the president of the company or whatever takes the dad out and they're walking in a field by a fence and he's like, this is phase five. He's like, how would you like this view? And, and then the, the dad is like, well, there's not room for enough room for a backyard. And they, turn around and you finally see that there's a graveyard like right behind them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. It, like 300 acres. Massive. Yeah. 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 Graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. They did that so, re- slow reveal. Yeah. Well, they kind of build up to things. Yeah. Right? Which is great. Um, so I want to uh, ask Brant or Nate, um, as we were watching this, um, there was something that happened that was kind of freaky while we were watching it. So uh, Bracken wasn't able to be there with us. I went and saw another movie. I went and saw The Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been three weeks, and I was just dying to go see it. It was so. totally worth it. So we were, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're watching the movie. It was, I don't know, 90% done. Yeah. And there's, you'll have to remind me of the scene. I don't remember or what the Tangina. actual phrase is. Tangina says... Something about like crossover, crossover children, children, all are well. There you go. Yeah. yeah. All are well. So <laughs> we've been watching this movie for about an hour and 20 minutes, yeah. right? And out of the blue, Bracken texts me and Danny. So I feel my pocket buzz. I happen to look down. Danny looks at, Danny his, looks at the exact at his. same time. We kind of look at each other because immediately after receiving that text, the actual on screen, you know, Tangina 
says that phrase. Yeah. And so both of us like look at each other and then we're like, Dude. we're looking around the room. <laughs> it's like Bracken <laughs> here. How does he know? It was, we're... Yeah. It was crazy. Long story short, Bracken lives in my mirror now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I timed it well. What I say? I thought you were going to talk about the cat knocking on the window. Well, that <laughs> and staring me down. Nate's nightmare. That, that did also that happen. That is yeah. scary. I forgot about that. That's Pet Cemetery, though. Right. <laughs> Come back on Stephen King night, Bean. <laughs> but then right after that, uh, when we said Bracken, you you know you sent it right as they said it, and you texted. I'm behind you. I'm standing behind I'm you. I'm standing yeah. behind you. I was, I, Danny I turned whips around, around so really fast. thinking that yeah. you were there. It, it no, added to it the whole awesome. experience it, of There the was movie. a faint whiff of urine. <laughs> and burning. <laughs> no, both, both Danny and I, honestly, were like checking the room for a cu- like a good 10 seconds. Like, yeah. he's at, gotta actually be here somewhere. Yeah, and we're just missing the so point. Yeah. Exactly. It kind of looked several times. <laughs> Yeah, you guys weren't really looking for me. You were just looking for a towel. <laughs> Rack and I sat right there. <laughs> so uh, we all had a great experience with the first Poltergeist movie. Um, some things happened in the second movie, but we jumped all the way to the third movie. Uh, and that's the movie we watched tonight, Poltergeist 3. Uh, would anyone like to try to give a brief synopsis of the plot? I'll give it a try. Okay. Okay. Picture this. It opens it. No. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, Exterior night. <laughs> it's a dark, moonless night in the city of Chicago. No. Uh, so Carol Ann Freeling, the little girl from. The first the two. First two. Yeah. So, you know, the girl that gets taken to the other side, and she's the haunty, I guess you'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she she and the woman who played Tangina are the only returning characters from in the franchise. Everyone yeah. else is new. Tangina is the short little, like, medium. She's the medium. This yeah. house is clay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't do it right. Nice. <laughs> Come to the light. This house yeah. is a clean. <laughs> They nail it? Stop that Australian accent. She's not, she's not Italian. She's not Australian, <laughs> Daniel. So, so go ahead, Nate. Carol Ann um, is so we. You get this, I think, later through people through the uh, exposition machine um, that she's sent by her parents to to live with her aunt and uncle in Chicago, and she attends a school for super smart but troubled children. Yeah, good. Uh, with evil psychiatrist who also works there, Doctor yeah. Satan. Doc- yeah, <laughs> it's Satan. Oh, I'm sorry, Satan. He's pronounced Satine. Also a hypnotist. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, through hypnosis, she relives events from the first two movies, and um, and I guess just dipping quickly into the Poltergeist lore, it's the the Beast is some spiritual entity that that haunts the original house, and then. In the second movie, he takes over the spirit of some preacher. Yeah. I mean, he's attached to Carol Ann. Right? Yeah. So. He, so through the hypnosis, he finds her in Chicago. And then hijinks ensue. With, mm-hmm. in the, so they live in the high-rise building, and things keep going wrong in the building. And she gets sucked into the... I want to say upside down because of Stranger Things. But she gets yeah, sucked to the... the mirror verse. Yeah, she gets sucked the to other the side. other side. Yeah. Um, 
and everything has to do with mirrors is how they kind of get grabbed and every surface in this freaking place is mirrored mm-hmm. and um so she and her is it would it be cousin step cousin step cousin yeah. step cousin and, and her boyfriend get sucked into the other side while they're trying to keep her from being sucked in they all get sucked in tangina comes because she senses that that the beast has found great disturbance in the forest yeah right basically yeah, yeah. so she comes to help um everyone gets sucked into the other side and it takes as long as someone who loves carolan still lives in the world they can be saved yeah tangina takes the beast or whatever leads him to the light and everybody comes back yeah and that's kind that's that's the plot it's that is all there is except for the boy except for the boyfriend scott that's left kind of up in the air (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um what what do you guys think about this what sticks out well, the first thing that stuck out to me was the beginning of the the tone of the movie doesn't start like Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It from the very beginning of the movie we start to have scary things happening. Mm-hmm. Like she's Carol Ann's up in her room and the there's this elderly man who's cleaning the window and he's all friendly, but then immediately we see that he's the preacher mm-hmm. character from Kane, Kane yeah. from from the part two, even though it's a different actor. It was, we know it's supposed to be the same creepy guy, and just creepy things start happening immediately in this skyscraper high rise. There's mirror glass breaking along the elevator button panels on every on floor. Every floor yeah. um, there's Moving, over. The boiler room's frozen. There's yeah. moving uh, art art pieces in the museum right. at the very beginning. That might actually be part of the art, though. Yeah. <laughs> it only happens in the mirror, though. <laughs> yeah. he, he doesn't have to explain his art to you. <laughs> so it just kind of is, from the very beginning, they're trying to scare us. I keep saying trying to scare us. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. I mean, the, the main point there is that there was no build-up it just Mm -hmm. like jumps right in and because there was no build-up they were just trying and they weren't scaring Mm -hmm. i think that's why i like the first one so much is because it's so bright and cheery Mm -hmm. at the beginning and everybody it's so different it's a great contrast right because then when things go south it goes dark hard And it feels more important where, and you would think in a movie that's based on mirrors and reflections, yeah, there would be more of, here's the happy side of the right, world versus yeah. the unhappy. Because it seems like Carolyn doesn't have a very happy life besides living <laughs> on the 70th floor. Right. And well, the first one's known for suburbia, too. And this yeah. is a high rise in Chicago. Yeah. Like, it's the polar opposite of what the first, I mean, maybe they were trying to do something different. Yeah. But doesn't harken back to the same feel of the original. I think that the, I mean, like the fact that every wall was a mirror and it's kind of a very modern building, modern architecture and modern decoration and stuff. It feels very sterile and uh, not at all homey. Like, why would you want to live there? There was nothing comforting at all. Yeah. Well, I also thought... Aside from like, Carol Ann and maybe Tom Skerritt's Uncle Bruce, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that the characters were that likable. Yeah. Uh, well, Tangina, she's mm-hmm. she's like the hero. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. She's just such a unique 
character, but like, but even she was not nearly as charming as she was in the first one. No, no. Like, she was but, something magical in the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the cousin is okay, but like, like that snot-nosed kid in the oh, carpool. Man, like, yeah. we were all hoping she would get sucked into the other side, and yeah. no, and everyone would cheer. Yeah. Uh, um, and but yeah, it was it was like yes, we live in this building. My dad has like the the you know the school janitor key ring with all the keys to the building. Yeah. I mean, it's like he was the owner of the building. I mean, that's... I don't know what his, who he, he was. He was like the manager. Manager. Oper- manager. Operations manager. Yeah, like building oper- like yeah. facility manager. Um, I think the other thing that stands out is the use of names. What are you talking about, Nate? <laughs> well, Ben, Brant, Bracken, and Daniel. Um, yes. Yes, Nate. Nate. This is like every conversation in the movie. Right, Daniel? <laughs> right, Nate. What did you think, Bracken? Well, Daniel, I think you're right. I think there was a lot of names being used. Bracken, I agree with your comment. Where you agreed with both Nate and Daniel. In fact, Danny. we got to a point where we just kept saying, oh, look, pronoun, pronoun. Yeah. After <laughs> no, proper, no, proper, proper, proper noun. I'm sorry, pro- proper noun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they seriously are going through the whole movie. Uh, for one thing, everybody's always yelling Carol Ann's name. They're trying to find her. Trying to find They're her. They're chasing so her. It's just Carolyn, Carolyn. She's constantly going through different rooms. Yeah. Out of windows, through doors. And every time people meet, they're like, "Hey, Bruce, what is it, Donna?" <laughs> it, well, so remember when when you first started being asked to to write stories uh-huh. in elementary school? Yeah. And you didn't understand he him, so it was just right. you felt like you had to say like. You know, let's go to the tree, asked Mary. Right. Okay, we'll do that, said Scott. Yes. I feel like this entire script was written that way, right? Because <laughs> right. it's so weird. It's like, we know who he is. You don't have to keep saying his name. Like, right. well, even at the end of the movie, they're still saying, Scott, Donna, Bruce. Yeah. What about Scott? I don't know. Where's Carol Ann? Bruce, let's go get Donna. We counted a few scenes where literally the only words for about four sentences were names. Yes. It was just Bruce, 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 <laughs> Carol Ann, Donna. <laughs> Donna, Bruce, and that Scott. was it. That was the dialogue yeah, for five yeah. minutes. Pat, um, wait, when did this movie come out? Nineteen eighty-eight. Oh, okay, never mind. We shouldn't talk about this anymore. Remember when they had, like, in nineteen ninety, when they had to dip into the pronoun strategic reserve? I remember that. Yeah, so we were just <laughs> tough going, times. We were just going through. <laughs> you know, the, the nation was having a hard time. That's right. <laughs> do, do you do you guys know the writer? Of this, has he done? So uh, can't see, the person who wrote this, his name is of, Gary like, Sherman. C. Dick Run. Type Gary. Books. Gary. Gary. <laughs> so Sherman. Yeah. Sherman. C. Scott Run. Uh, there is another person, uh, Barry Bernardi. See um, Donna. Who wrote? Drink. Guess what? Barry Bernardi wrote Halloween Three: Season of the oh. Witch. Oh. oh. So. You uh, Barry. Do we have a, also? We need an award for like. Best worst writer. Right. Thanks a lot, Barold. Oh, Adam Sandler's films. Yeah, he wrote he wrote all of or most of Adam Sandler's films. Uh, and there's this movie called Wanted: Dead or Alive. It's with Rutger Hauer and um, who else? Uh, I don't know. Courtney it, Cox. Yeah, no, it came out in 1986. Um, he wrote that, mm-hmm. uh, but it was also written by Gary Sherman, who is the director and a producer. Um. Oh, do you know what? I, I got that wrong. The writer did not write Halloween 3. 
uh, it was the producer who produced mm. Halloween. Our, our apologies, I Barry. I apologize. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> um. But this guy, Gary Sherman, he, he's just done a lot of TV. You're not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. You know what, Barry? <laughs> I'm taking it back. Taking it all back. What do you want to say to him, Brant? Uh, Barry spent time and money making this anti-pronoun piece of crap. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. And I did not appreciate it. <laughs> Should we refer to ourselves in the third person all episode? Oh my long? goodness! Yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah, the the whole <laughs> proper noun, every, the name thing. It's like what we've talked about before with like Troll Two, where they, uh, it's a foreign uh, mm-hmm. writer who doesn't use contractions, mm-hmm. right? And so it doesn't sound natural. And here, this writer just does not use pronouns, and so it's all. Is Brian Taggart another Italian writer? Right, wrote yeah. it in Italian. So Brian Taggart, right. Nancy Allen's in this. Yeah. And I have to ask Brian, um, <laughs> would you, if you had to choose between watching 1941 again or this movie <laughs> with Nancy Allen in both, which one would you choose? What Did you like her better in this one? Do you remember her from 1941? She was the one who wanted to. She's the she mom. Likes pilots. No, no, yeah, I know that one. Uh, I would say out of those two, um, I'd pick RoboCop. <laughs> because both of the movies you listed are garbage. <laughs> to be clear, Nancy Allen, who plays Patricia Pat or Trisha Gardner, was better in RoboCop. <laughs> Just wanted to check. Wait, what? What, is, what was? What was Nancy Allen's character in 1941? She was the one that liked flying in planes. Don't you mean Nancy Allen was the one who liked flying in planes? <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I don't understand this. She, she, you're talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, Nancy Allen liked flying in planes. Oh, she she was the one with the plane fetish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so who else? We've got uh, Tom Skerritt was in this. Hmm. Uh, do you guys recognize Tom Skerritt? No, Tom Skerritt from Alien. I always think of to- I, I always think of Top Gun. Yeah. When yep. I think of Tom Skerritt. I remember him also having a season or maybe a season and a half worth of Cheers. He, he had oh, a okay. character arc on that. He was on a show. Uh, man, I shouldn't have brought it up because I can't remember its name <laughs> and I didn't write it down. But there was a, a show that had many seasons that he was the main character on. Hmm. Um, ER? No, I'll look at I up. feel like I've seen him on one of those the kind Tom of Skerritt like... show. Like one of those kind of doctor shows. It was... I'll look it up here and see. Grey's Anatomy. While he's doing that, we could talk about Heather O'Rourke. Well, I wanted to ask first about his performance what you guys thought. What stood out to you about his performance? Uh, well, about his are, you performance? Talk, are you talking about Tom I think, Skerritt's closeness to I people? I think you might be yes. like wedding planner Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if them having him be like so outwardly affectionate because the whole theme of like someone has to love these mm. kids and it's definitely oh, not the blo- weird. Mm-hmm. Definitely not the blood relative of Carol Ann yeah. who loves her. It's it's the uncle. Yeah, the step uncle who was always kissing everybody on the mouth, 
like smushing his face up against theirs so his mouth is like agape. Well, even and... even when he's talking to the maintenance staff, like, like they're occupying right the face. same space. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I... his his performance is not COVID safe. <laughs> <laughs> even with double masking, you're probably going to get it from him. I mean, it, it really was weird. He was mm-hmm. always putting his face on people. Yeah, on their hands, on their faces, yeah. on. Yeah, and I was I've always liked Tom Skerritt, but it was making me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it was weird. All right, did you find the show? Showstopper. I did it. Yeah. Oh, Picket Fences. Do you guys remember that Picket Fences? I didn't watch no. that one, but I eighty-eight remember... episodes. He was okay. a main character. He yeah. was the sheriff. In oh, that. okay. Hmm. Cool. Anyway, interesting. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. he's still acting, and he's he's getting up there. Yeah. So he's had. He's almost like 170 things that he's been in. So uh, we can talk about uh, Carol Ann here in just a second, but let's take a quick break. Oh, yeah. All right. So Carol Ann, the actress, is Heather O'Rourke. Have we seen her anywhere other than Poltergeist? I remember watching her in Happy Days. Okay. Um, in towards the end of the run of the series Mm -hmm. Fonzie starts dating a mom and a daughter and it was a big deal I think it was the one I don't know if it was necessarily the last season but towards the end of the the season series run um, she was on there regularly was that post Poltergeist yes the first Poltergeist yes it was Mm -hmm. so she was obviously a big name at that point I mean because Poltergeist was huge yeah and I, I'd have to look up what when I'm thinking Happy Days ended 1985, 86. I'm guessing, but um, I thought it was a lot older than that. I know. Well, it starts <laughs> in the 70s, and I think by the time the 80s comes around, you know, it it, it kind Ron of it already jumped hair. the shark. Right. Yeah. So it, <laughs> Happy Days ends in 1984, and uh, so I'm thinking she must have been. Uh, on that, like maybe eighty three, eighty four. Okay. And so, you know, this is this is well after Happy Days, but she, I feel like she was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I haven't really looked at. So her. she actually, I mean, at least according to IMDb, she wasn't in a ton of things. Um, and I think that Poltergeist was probably her first thing. Um, I read a story about how she was discovered. They were trying to find, they being Steven Spielberg, trying to find somebody who kind of showed that cute innocence um, for uh, the role of Carol Ann in Poltergeist. And they uh, auditioned a lot of people. They auditioned um, Drew Barrymore. Uh, They ended up putting her in uh, E.T. instead. But she wasn't even quite right. And then he went down and like was in a cafeteria or something and saw her eating uh, lunch with her mom. And he was just like, Oh my gosh, this girl's perfect. And they signed her on the spot. Basically. She's, she's adorable. She's mm-hmm. all those things that you said, right? Yeah. She's very innocent. She's very adorable. She has a super cute face when yeah. she's smiling. It's very innocent, very endearing and very like, I thought pure. she was kind of creepy yeah. in the first one. Really? Yeah. Oh, she was cute. So, uh, she was on an episode of, Fantasy Island at, at the age of five. Okay. And then she did Poltergeist. 
Uh, she was in shows like uh, Chips, and then she was on 12 episodes of Happy Days. Yeah. I remember watching Matt Houston. I know none of you probably no, know what that show that. is, <laughs> but I love that show. It was like a detective show. Rich, uh, you know, millionaire guy who solves crimes. Batman? She, she was on that. She was also on Webster, three episodes of Webster. Oh, man, yeah. So, I mean, she was hitting a lot of yeah, different was... high-profile stuff in addition to the Poltergeist series right. itself. So so she's done quite a bit. To yeah. all our younger listeners, those were apparently TV shows. <laughs> Absolutely. Early 80s, she was there. Man. Fantasy Island, come I on. I her Happy on days? Come on, yeah. Webster. Those are big names. So uh, one of the things I learned during this is that I'm the same age as her. And so I've always thought that, like, in my mind... She's Polter, way younger. She's way younger than me, right? But, I mean, I guess I was just a little tiny when... Well, you're only 27 now. That, so. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Do we want to talk about her? Because she does yes. look different beyond okay. being older. Right? So maybe should we talk about the curse? Let's do it. Yeah. Good segue. Yeah. The curse. What do so you mean? There's this thing ben. called the poltergeist curse, Bracken. Um, it's, uh, you know, people like to, they see a bunch of things that happen and put them all together and say there's a curse. Now, I'm not saying there's not a curse, but uh, I'll tell you some of the things that happen. But it's also like the exorcist. They say similar kind of things. That's right? true. That people yeah. are like, evil was unleashed. We yep. tapped into something. So, um, in the first Poltergeist, uh, Carol Ann had an older sister, and she was played by a, an actress named um, Dominique Dunn, and shortly after Poltergeist was released, her boyfriend, so she plays a 16-year-old, but she's actually 23 in real life, uh, her boyfriend, or ex-boyfriend, comes over and murders her well, in the parking lot manslaughters her that's what he was convicted of was that well yeah i mean he he strangled her to death accidentally <laughs> you know when you're strangling someone they accidentally die mm. it's manslaughter anyway she was killed and uh so that was tragic um poltergeist 2 oh also during uh the first poltergeist there was uh Oh, there are some people. You guys know Ryan? He's the guy who peels his face off? Yes. Okay. One of the uh, camera guys. Yeah. So he, uh, this didn't happen at the time, but it happened in 1992. He was in a plane crash and survived. But it's kind of this, like, um, it's this crazy thing because he had his assigned seat and then somebody the airline recognized who he was and they upgraded him up to first class so he moves up to first class and the plane crashed and the people in the front survived but the people in the back including the row that he was assigned to everybody died so this is this is the genesis of the final destination final destination series. right um okay let's see what else uh oh the Bluto, or whatever his name is, the construction worker who, in the first movie, who reaches in and is drinking the coffee oh, right, right, and right. stuff. The casually sex sexually harassing. <laughs> that's right. Teenager. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also was murdered um, in 2009, so it was years and years later, but he was murdered by some criminal. <laughs> was he murdered or manslaughtered? I, I believe it was this. This time it was murdered. Are you, okay. Are you saying he was struck by a smooth criminal? <laughs> <laughs> okay. In the second movie, Poltergeist, 
two of the actors from that movie died. Now, their deaths were not uh, tragic or... Une- I mean, they were tragic, but they weren't, like, unexpected. Uh, one was the the guy who played Kane. The really old elderly man. Really old man. elderly yeah. man. Okay, he had so been, he died. He died, and he had had cancer for a very long time. And so they kind of... I mean, it was not unexpected, right? Uh, the man who played the shaman in that movie also was old and unhealthy and passed away due to medical complications that they already knew he had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wasn't he getting like a lung transplant or something? That's right. It was a, it was a double, it was a heart, heart lung transplant, heart lung tra- transplant at, which has a very low survival rate anyway. And he I don't know. It sounds like a curse to me. <laughs> um, so let's see. So you're saying that someone almost died on a plane crash like 20 years later <laughs> yeah. and it's part of a curse. Oh, okay. There there was a thing uh, the from the first movie, you know the clown that yeah. wraps its arm around. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember that clown. Yeah. Well, he gets so, killed in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the little boy like during that scene, they had like this mechanical thing that actually wrapped the arm around the boy and they filmed the thing and it was they cut and Something malfunctioned, and it actually started to strangle the boy. And Steven Spielberg noticed it. He was the only one who noticed it. He was watching on the... Well, as a good director will. He's a producer. He's the producer. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) But he noticed it and ran out and unhooked him before the thing... That's a pretty hands-on producer. Yeah. Yeah. If no one else noticed. That's right. He he saved that little boy's life. Just saying. So then we come to Poltergeist 3. Oh, I, I guess I should tell the story that after Poltergeist 2, the shaman guy, while he was still alive, after they were done filming, he did an exorcism on set, you know, to get rid of any curse that was there. And uh, Joe Beth Williams, who plays Carol Ann's mom, felt very uncomfortable about it. She said she just had this gross feeling after that. And when she went home, all of her pictures on her wall were all tilted. They were all skewed. So she straightens them all up, and then for the next few days, every time she would leave and come back, the pictures would all be skewed again. And so she she has been uh, on record saying that she kind of feels like that was related to the exorcism and everything that was going on. So you're mm-hmm. saying the curse rebounded yes. and attached, attached to somebody to else. Yeah. So I hope somebody loves her. He, yeah. he, was, he was a Native American, though, right? He was, yeah. So... Was it like a Native American right, or was I he don't. also like a Catholic priest? I don't know. The, the <laughs> all that's written down is that it was an exorcism. So I don't know if it was a Native American exorcism. Man, look, if we're gonna do curse so, talk, we have to be we prepared. have to have specifics, <laughs> right? So I'm not really buying this curse thing, but I am buying that Poltergeist two and three were cursed. Yes, because they're not very good. <laughs> Just saying. Hold on, I have to finish the last biggest All thing right. that okay. brought us to okay. the curse. Okay. Hold your thoughts, Bracken. And Sorry. that is that uh, Heather O'Rourke, the little girl who plays um, Carol Ann, um, she uh, basically they finished filming Poltergeist three, and. Um, she had had stomach problems all throughout it, and she was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and they were treating it, I believe, with cortisone, cortisol, something. They were, yeah, steroid something. Th- yeah, they were giving her some kind of treatment to treat this Crohn's disease, uh, which is why she looks a little different in the third movie. It kind of made her swell a little bit. Um, it turns out, though, that that was a misdiagnosis, and what she actually had was some kind of genetic, rare genetic 
uh, bowel deformation. Um, and uh, two months before the film was supposed to come out, she uh, got an infection one day and the next day passed away. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that's tragic. It's super tragic. And so that's always kind of included, mm-hmm. kind of capping off the, mm-hmm. the curse, right? Um, but the real curse, like Bracken said, is the second and third movies themselves. <laughs> and unfortunately, we've all witnessed them. Mm-hmm. Am I going to die when I go home? <laughs> is this like the ring? I want to live. <laughs> okay. So neither the the producer or director, like so Spielberg and... I can't remember what the other director's name Toby was. Toby Hooper from the first one? Yeah, they weren't a part of two or three, like, nope. at all, at all. No, nope. they were only there for the first one. Though the curse did follow Steven Spielberg <laughs> into a little indie film called 1941. <laughs> that was before <laughs> this movie. <laughs> that was the start of the <laughs> curse. Before this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's a time-traveling curse, okay? Yeah. Let me have this. Well, you know what? <laughs> I think he did release the director's cut of 1941 after. Which was the longer version. The spirit of King. You may have something. You may have something. Yeah, Yeah, so if it were a a real curse, you would expect it to treat everybody equally, right? Not everybody was... No. Had cursed well, things. I mean, yeah, Steven so Spielberg went on. What are some people in the first movie that went on and were not cursed? Craig T. Nelson. And what what has he done? Uh, he was Coach in Coach. Okay, That's all I know him as Mr. Well, Incredible. Mr. Incredible. I think he's in Mr. Incredible. Okay, but I never saw him on screen. But yes, mm-hmm. he's uh, he was. I the thought dad. you said I'm, yeah, but I've never seen Monster Eating. Wasn't he on? <laughs> <laughs> Craig T. Nelson has been in tons. Wasn't and tons he on Parenthood? That NBC show. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's super successful. Uh, doesn't seem to have been cursed. He he's, did lose his hair, though. He's always yeah. coached. He's always coached to me. That's right. But yeah. I mean, well, who's going to make the curse be equal? I mean, is there like a curse justice system? <laughs> I mean, like, why would it pick some people and not others? This is your third strike. Like so... a curse Fourteenth Amendment or something? Like... <laughs> Do you? Uh... Do you feel like the, the they did a remake of the original oh, Poltergeist? Man. Do you feel like you want to talk about that? Ben, I haven't seen it. Yeah, but. so all I have to say about the remake is it should never have been done. It did not need to be done. And um, the people who made it did their completely own interpretation of the original, right? But um, it's not charming. It's not I mean, it's a little scary at times. There's jump scares and stuff, but it's not... I mean, it's a super forgettable film. They miss the whole point of the movie. And I haven't seen it, but I know that, Ben, you love Sam Rockwell like I do. Oh, I do. I love and Sam Rockwell. And he's in the remake. And yeah. unfortunately, you know... If he's kind of like this missed, unlikable guy. Missed and opportunity. Sam making, Rockwell, man. Anyway, Too bad. So if anyone is ever going to watch Poltergeist, don't watch the ninth or whatever the two thousand something two thousand fifteen yeah. version. Yeah. And along like with that, Poltergeist is one of your favorite movies. It is my favorite movie. And in thinking before. about this season of sequels, um, what was your feelings? Like, so what was your feelings so, seeing two and three, and three yeah. after you saw the the first one? So I will tell you that my original thoughts back in 
eight when this movie came out and I saw it, I was angry because I felt like this movie was absolutely not in the spirit of Poltergeist mm-hmm. and everything that I loved about Poltergeist, they none of that exists here. Just the fact that Carol Ann is there and Tangina, that's not enough to mm-hmm. even call it a Poltergeist movie, you know? And so I was angry. But yeah. uh, this is the... Tonight is the first time I've watched it since then. And I was not angry at the end. Um, Just disappointed. I wasn't even disappointed. I think it's because I already was... My expectations were already so low, right? And if anything, I think that I probably enjoyed it more. Because now I'm seeing, you know, hearing all of the names Mm -hmm. (laughs) constantly throughout. And how ridiculous it is. For our listeners, he was so happy at the end of this. Because we played the proper noun drinking game. (laughs) Where every time a proper name is mentioned, (laughs) you take a drink. I had so much Diet Dr. Pepper tonight. You will not believe it. I drank my whole bottle of water. (laughs) He pickled his kidneys. Yeah. So also, quick general thing about sequels, questioning. So are there any successful sequels that don't have the same producer and writer doing them? So it almost feels like it shouldn't be a sequel. They just bought the rights of the Uh, name to do it. Troll 2? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, actually, There's if you something get with technical that. about that, I mean, Empire Strikes Back is not written and directed by the same people as A New Hope. Is it, is but it, the vision is still George Lucas. Yeah, George Lucas yeah. is there, but it's... Didn't it's, he write, like, generally? No? No. No. Okay. But, it's I mean, so that's technically there, that yeah. fits, but, I mean, George Lucas was involved with all of that, right? Okay. And I know, and that is different than what we're seeing here with Poltergeist, where Spielberg is just what about not involved. Okay. Aliens. I mean, I was just oh, yeah. Aliens, Aliens there you go. being a different writer, different director. That is completely so. different kind of film. I think that's an example where I personally, I actually like the second one better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. For totally different reasons. Like, one stands on its own. And two kind of sets up the rest of the series. Right. I, I think one needs to stand alone, and mm-hmm. the next series starts with two, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did Sam Raimi do all three of the Spider-Man films? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, I always thought Spider-Man 2 was better than Spider-Man, but that doesn't fit into the question because right. cause it's still Sam Raimi. Yeah, and mm-hmm. some people think Godfather 2 is better than the first one, but it's the same writer, same mm-hmm. director. I haven't seen either of them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're... There There's, are examples. Yeah. I mean, generally, it's. I would say it's not a good sign. Yeah. It's, right? Yeah. If the original filmmakers when, don't want to be I, involved. When <laughs> I hear of that scenario, Danny, um, I think of cash grab. Right? Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, the producers, the directors, no longer interested. Mm-hmm. Many times the actors are not interested, but they're like, we've got this IP. We got to get some cash out of it. They're like, yeah. well, come on in, Uwe Boll. What about, yeah. what about <laughs> Troll 2, though? I mean, that yeah. was better than Troll... <laughs> It wasn't even <laughs> Troll Two. wasn't even Troll Two if only you until guys could see after they had made it. This was season, this, we already covered this, didn't yeah. we? So, listeners, I think listen. I think we should have like a like a a camera just on Bracken's face <laughs> we'll during call it the Brackham. The bra- <laughs> so that you can listen to it while you're listening to the podcast. You can also watch Bracken's face because it gives you the whole experience of his reactions to things. <laughs> 
Well, he's the fifth horseman so, of the apocalypse. Disappointment. As long as we're focusing on you, this is the last of my like off questions. Sure. Um, so the filming, there are a lot of cool filming like techniques done here that you guys yeah. were talking about because the reflections yeah. thing, yeah. I was just like imagine they were just tucked in a corner with their camera. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, do you guys have anything to say about the? I oh. would say, Danny. That is the one redeeming thing about this movie is the practical effects. There's some very stupid, cheesy ones, but basically anything involving mirrors, Mm -hmm. I would say was top notch. It was great, right? Mm -hmm. There was plenty of scenes where, and it's, it's a trope now. I don't know if this was still like new ground when, when this movie was made, but you know, it's the, you can see something in the reflection that's out of sync of what's in the Mm -hmm. real world. So, you know, like you're looking at yourself and your reflection like blinks or turns its head or something when you don't. There's something right right over your Just little off-putting things, right? Mm -hmm. But they do a ton of that. That some Like we were actually a little bit kind of scratching our head. Like how did they do that? Mm -hmm. Because you can tell it's a practical effect, right? There's things where there's like long hallways and somebody runs down and you can clearly see the main characters reflected and they are perfectly in sync, right? Mm -hmm. And then you see people, you know, obviously evil spirits or whatever, reflected only in the mirror verse yeah. mm-hmm. opening so, the door but you don't see them in the real world right mm-hmm. and so it was stuff like that was very confusing like mm-hmm. how on earth did they do that yeah it, it was pretty well done yeah mm-hmm. yeah so how did they do that well so bracken may have some ideas about about this in general <laughs> just because bracken knows about filmmaking it was the curse so I just want to point out that filming mirrors in general is very difficult because you're going to see the reflection of the camera and the crew, right? And that's why in many movies, when you, if you ever see a a mirror on the wall or something, it's often tilted at a really weird angle. And it's like, why would you do that? You rarely see the camera straight on. That's right. If they have to, then they have to build some special thing to do that. Mm -hmm. So um, because everything was done practically in this film, no CGI. Um, there were some instances where the what we saw as a mirror was just a, a frame, and there was actually a second room that was built cool. um, that was a mirror image of that room, and then they had different actors. So we're always seeing like the back of one set of actors and the face of the other actors, mm-hmm. and they would just uh, mirror each other and... They had a metronome on set so that they could time out their movements exactly and try to mimic each other. Cool. So you've seen Murderville on Netflix? Yeah. A couple of the episodes. Have you seen the one with Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. How the mirror is gone. (laughs) That's right. And they just had to act out. (laughs) That's that's, that's what they did. Exactly like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of you kind of see it one time when uh Kane opens there's several canes. Yes. They keep opening the door. Like some of them you're like that's a pretty bad mask on that guy. Like you can tell Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell it wasn't like they somehow filmed the same guy doing like three different things. It was like three people in like mm-hmm. crummy masks. I think some of it was done in uh you know they shot the footage with the actors and then they did a split screen where they matched some of the reflections of the the people, you know, the guy in the doorways where mm. it's off to the right. They mm-hmm. probably did a split screen on that and mm. and merged them. I'm guessing. And then there's also there were some shots where it was a completely different angle and you're looking across the mirror. And I almost felt like 
it wasn't actually mirror. They had like lines or, or ropes mm-hmm. that were that made it look like it was a wall of mirrors, but it was actually people on the other side of it. Yeah, um, where they were acting, and then you don't see the reflection on the other side. Um, but I I wasn't I didn't know for sure. Yeah, because it was it was well done. So it was uh, some of it was so well done that I think that it kind of hurt itself at times. There was a whole sequence where Carol Ann is like in her bedroom and she's looking at the mirror and things are happening in the mirror and you really kind of get lost and you're not quite sure where she is in her room like which direction she's facing and Mm -hmm. and that might have been on purpose because later on in the film there's all of this stuff that people were noticing how the the like in the real world we see them walking down the hall but like the letters on the back of the girl's jacket are backwards in the Mm -hmm. real world but in the mirror reflection they're right side forward and that yeah. kind of tells us hey there's something wrong here mm-hmm. that's not really her and stuff which is unsettling you mm-hmm. know so it might have been on purpose but also there's so much mirrors that it was hard to keep track Plus, that plot points never really resolved uh, no no there is a lot of plot points that are yeah yeah uh does somebody want to explain so i know you went over it but somebody explain to our listeners how the whole thing ends like what is the final conclusion uh so we most most movies that we make fun of have the MacGuffin, yeah right with uh, danny for you it's the thing the object of note you know it's of the thing that you need you know yeah. it's it's the holy grail it's the whatever it is right mm-hmm. drives so the, drives the plot forward yes yeah. thank you so tangina has this necklace um made of uh like silver silver. turquoise yeah where you learn in later in the movie that she got it at some point in the second movie i don't think you actually see it she didn't actually get it she gets it off screen and so so somehow she's constantly like fondling it it and just rubbing it and just so like you you do feel like there's some kind of weird connection between this we'll call it an amulet or something Mm -hmm. right and Somehow that weirdly has the power to repel the evil mm-hmm. and love. And you need like love and the, you know, turquoise. <laughs> it's a dangerous algebra. I turquoise. know. <laughs> I know. You're I know that sounds dumb. Into it, That's Nate. because it is. And <laughs> the plot requires it. It really does. And the, yeah, the weirdest thing is, so the sister, no, sorry, aunt, aunt mm-hmm. Pat, uh, ends up with the necklace and goes into the mirror world and then sees a mirror in the mirror world and Tangina is in the mirror in the mirror world. <laughs> I feel like I'm describing You're Inception doing... a little bit. I, I, you definitely <laughs> are. <laughs> and then, but you, but you only see one Tangina. You see two of Dr. Kane or Mr. Kane, whatever his name is. Reverend Kane. Re- right. They, Tangina's like, I will walk into the light. I know how to do it. And whatever she says. <laughs> Dr. <haven't>... Kane <laughs> merges in the mirror and they walk into the light. So she, yeah, that's all that Kane wanted. That's all that Kane, was yeah. For Carol Ann to lead them I to the light. I want to pass over. Right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I want to pass over. <laughs> um, and then. So <laughs> like Selma. <laughs> Patty and Selma. <laughs> so. Then uh, Bruce, the dad, brings out uh, Carol Ann and Donna, but not Scott. <laughs> and they walk into the, they walk through the mirror in the mirror verse 
to the other side of the mirror in the mirror verse. <laughs> There's lots of strobing lights, and then they're back in the real world. Right. I think. Uh, do they have the necklace? They have the they necklace, still do. right? Yeah. So the necklace didn't really actually do anything. No. It, again, it, it was. It helped them. Get it had back. some kind of oh, repulsive okay, yeah, force, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like the dragon scroll. What is the dragon scroll in Kung Fu Panda? Oh, where <laughs> there's no secret ingredient, right? Yeah. For something to be special, you just have to believe it's special, right? It was always you. So, yes, Doctor Kane is repulsed by the power of love and friendship. <laughs> uh, he would not last in anime. <laughs> <laughs> so that power of love. <laughs> yeah. Is that so, a song by Huey Lewis? This is all over the place. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh, what is her name? Pat Patricia. She is like, so Patricia is Carol Ann's actual blood aunt, right? And Tom Skerritt is the step uncle. Yeah. And she's like, let's just get rid of that girl. <laughs> Through the whole movie. Yes. She's like, I hate her. Let's get rid of her. And I knew this like, was a bad no, choice. we got to help her. She's your niece. <laughs> no. Only bad things have ever happened. <laughs> well, and hey. then... <laughs> Well, Kane wanted it, right? He wanted the necklace for some reason. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. because yeah. if he had it, then they wouldn't have it. Yeah, he needed it. Yeah. And so we know that as long as there was somebody left on this side who loved Carol Ann, she could be saved. And at a certain point, the only person who's left is Aunt Patricia. <laughs> who does not love who her. Who does not love her. No. She's but like, then suddenly... But she gets called on it. I, yeah. love, I love you secondhand because I really love Bruce. <laughs> Maybe Kane wanted the necklace because it would add a splash of color to, to his black suit. <laughs> and his very ashen face. Yeah. You've got a good point. This would uh, really man. set off my cadaverous skin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Is it So is the reason we don't see Scott again is because there was not sufficient love? Like you had to deposit a certain Nobody amount of love loved. and... Look, you've only got enough for Hold three. Like, we know we know Scott's little sister. You still got Scott so, on layaway. So, so Donna, maybe she maybe they were just starting to date. So maybe she didn't love him. Okay, yeah. she just they, kind of liked him. Like like it's because he drank beer, and that's why he got. <laughs> that's killed right. Or didn't come back. He's got his comeuppance. So oh, I want to talk about a scene in the okay, movie that really stuck out to me. That just seems so odd. And With all those names. Unusual. Um, no, no. So this. This movie takes place in a high rise, and there's several scenes that take place in the parking garage. Yes. And the most unmemorable first scene is where they're in the parking garage, and Caroline gets sucked into like a little water hole. Like, it's a puddle. It's a puddle, but it, yeah, there's hands, whatever. Anyway, they end up back in the parking garage later on, and it's all frozen over. And in fact, there's all these cars. They're on the other side now. Yeah, that's in yeah. the mirror. Uh, this yeah. is Tom Skerritt and uh, Patricia. Patricia. Uh, Nancy Allen. Allen. Nancy Allen's characters. They're down in the parking garage. And it's just all of these cars completely covered in snow, mm-hmm. ice. And they suddenly all turn on. And the, and the headlights are going. And they're crashing it's into each foggy. other. Yeah. And they're jumping around. And it's just, I, I made the joke that it was Mad Max um, 
something road in and the then, snow globe <laughs> flurry road yeah and then and then <laughs> brant brant upped me one and said flurry oh, road yeah. i was like yes it's mad max flurry road i've been marketing yeah. <laughs> it look me up on linkedin trademark <laughs> so cool and Max in the snow globe. And that's what it was, but oh, it just man. was so random. And it was like something out of Christine, but uh, not good. No, it was Dumb, it, it, it was mean, very Christine's, low stakes. Christine's not great, but this was worse. Than the cars Christine. were moving very slowly when they would crash yeah, into each other. So much and it, it seemed so. One thing it that was I, comical, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that I I kind of felt during that part the the kind of complete randomness of how the cars were driving. It's not like they were actually trying to squish the people, right? Um, it reminded me a lot of the end of the first Poltergeist when the coffins are coming up out of the ground just mm. randomly, mm. you know, and yeah. it's just like they, they have no intention. They're just happening. And but, that's I kind of got that feeling for a moment there. It mm. makes sense in the first one because they're literally just popping up where they were buried. Right. right? Yes. So that's and what's happening. Where it's scary like, and it's building to a climax. Yeah. Was that like a pauper's grave that the house was built on? Because there were a lot of bodies coming out of that room. <laughs> there were. There were. This, yeah. this, this parking garage scene, I don't know what. Yeah. They spent way too long in the parking garage, right? This is like, a sign of the uh, whole plot, though. This whole so, There was not much story. Here's here, a little right? uh, behind-the-scenes information. Um, they uh, ran out of money, as many films do. And um, the director had filmed a bunch of stuff, but he didn't have a lot of the things that he wanted to do. There was like 14 pages of stuff that they weren't able to film. Uh, here, here's a preview of them. Bruce. Yeah. Bruce. <laughs> Patricia. Carol Ann. Donna. So, Donna. I didn't know. I don't know where Donna and Scott went. Okay, Mr. Gardner. <laughs> so he does, uh, with the editor, they do their first cut of the film, and it's only 82 minutes long, which is too short. And what is, it has to be 90, right? Well, it doesn't have to be. It's just it like... It has to be at least like 107, 108 minutes. Yeah, people expect it like to be Like for the MPAA or whatever something, right? No, Eight. no, no. It's... Uh, uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, because there are films that are 80 minutes. I'm sorry. 60, and, 60, an hour yeah. and eight minutes yeah. is the minimum, mm-hmm. I think. So this was this was over that. It, 68 it minutes. It counted as a Got it. feature, but it was just the studio MGM was like, that's too short. We need it to be longer. We need more of that. So <laughs> he he went back in and actually put a bunch of the stuff in that he had cut out, like 12 minutes of stuff oh. that he had cut out as filler. And I guarantee that that, I mean, nobody has ever said specifically which parts it is, but that parking lot scene has got to be well, some of it. Carol Ann is running mm-hmm. from one threat for like 10 minutes. That's true. She just keeps running backwards. And yes. you keep hearing the. Oh, and you remember when? Right? Remember when? When Pat slices off Kane's head? Yes. And we watch his head slowly melt. Oh my gosh! And we're just like, okay, this is going on for about it, two minutes too long. Yeah, it was like the strobing. end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like the face was melting. Mm-hmm. Right. But like they but didn't speed it up. Yeah, we it was like in real it time. In real time. Well, yeah. How about just Tom Skerritt sitting down in the art museum smoking a cigarette? <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> And then he, you know, like, what's the point of that? I mean, there's That's just right. no point. No point. It was a lot so of we stuff. could say I'm bored. Yeah, yeah bored. I guess so. Yes, That's right. <laughs> Have a moment of calm before the storm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of strange things that probably, uh, all the padding probably confused the story a little more than it needed to be. Hmm. There's also this whole thing with, um, they had an original ending that was different than this ending, 
but uh, after the MPAA watched it, they gave it a PG rating, and they're like, oh, no, come on. No one's going to want to see a PG f- horror film. Let's get PG-13. And so they refilmed a bunch of stuff um, for the uh, a different ending that was kind of somehow... I don't even know... Like, I didn't see anything in the end ending that would have brought it from PG to PG-13. I, I can think but... of a better way to make push this from PG to PG-13. How's that? You know how you get one F word for every PG-13? <laughs> I would have loved to see Carol Ann, as she gets sucked into the puddle, just yell, F! <laughs> like, Not again. That would have been perfect, right? Like, you get to push it to PG-13, it makes the movie make sense a little bit. <laughs> And you get to see innocent Carol Ann just come into her own. <laughs> I mean, we did kind of see demon version of Carol Ann throughout we that. We did, you know, several kind of, times. Kind of uh, she came into exorcist in style. Yeah. yeah. So, do you think those decisions had anything to do with uh, kind of the, the issues that she was having, the health issues? Because, I mean, we did point out, she, she does look a little Puffy. fuller in the face, mm-hmm. right? And... I don't mean like overweight because she's obviously not overweight. Like her right. face just looks she's a little swollen, swollen right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but they put her in a lot of prosthetics, yes, right? right? So, like, oh, you to see, try to hide. I want. Some you, of the... I don't know if that's truly the yeah, case, but you know, you see her a lot yeah. as a demon or some other thing With or makeup on. obscured yeah, or something else, right? Her face has they, been altered. They made yeah. her look makeup. old several times. Yeah. They made her look like a full-on like weird freaky goblin mask yep. i think there was maybe one other iteration that we saw too i mean yeah we saw her she was wearing oh when you say goblin mask like troll 2 like style she, yeah, goblin. yeah it was legitimately yeah. like it yeah. and then there was points where she's in the reflection in the mirror and she's looks older yep. like like yeah. an old face but not yeah. a goblin yeah yeah so um i i want to ask you all this and danny this applies to you as well was there any Anything in this movie that you found scary? Like, were there mm. any things that, that were, you know, even if it was just for a moment, like, that you would consider it as a scary moment? I, I would say one part that was pretty cool and a little off-putting was when, at the very beginning, when she puts her hands against the mirror and the fingers lace oh, and then yeah. pull her up off the ground. Right. Because mm-hmm. part yeah. of that, you're thinking, like, how on earth did they accomplish that? Right. Because, yeah, that I mean, obviously, really you know, she's not, obviously, have her fingers through some mm-hmm. portal. But it's, however they did that, it was actually pretty impressive because it, the effect of the fingers coming out and lacing her fingers, you you empathize. That would be terrifying. Yeah. And then you're pulled up, mm-hmm. you know. And then, so, like, just those two things were like, how did they do that? That doesn't feel natural. I can't explain how they've done that, which makes me feel even worse about mm-hmm. it, right? But everything else in the movie, honestly, was either largely predictable, mm-hmm. kind of stupid, and, you know, the... Like, when she's getting pulled into the puddle, right? Yeah. Like, the arms, the zombie gross right. arms, literally just look like the swamp thing is yeah. trying to pull her in. So it's... Like, that's not even scary, right. you know? I thought it was scary. <laughs> so I'll tell you that that part scared me, the puddle... Yeah. Part yeah. scared me just the tiniest bit because, um, so I love horror movies, always have, and I don't often get scared by them. But when I was younger, I saw a movie uh, called Amityville 3D, mm-hmm. uh, and I saw it on TV, like on HBO. How old were you? Uh, I was probably 13. Okay. So uh, I was not very young. Okay. Um, and I love the Amityville movies. Uh in that movie, there is a 
so the Amityville movies are about this house, a specific house that's haunted. And in this movie, there is a well in the basement that just has boards over it. And at certain points, they like open, like they move the boards out of the way and it's just like a bottomless pit. Mm -hmm. And that, I I have a fear of heights and stuff and just the thought of like falling into this hole. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying. And then uh, at a certain point in that movie, um, a, there is a investigator. I don't remember who it is, but there's a person who's there at the well, and suddenly the well f- is full of water up to the uh, floor level, and there's a light underneath it shining mm. up, and this mm-hmm. monster just comes up out of the water, grabs the guy, and pulls him down in the water. Okay? Nice. <laughs> and that uh, combination of things terrified me for a long time, and it was it's. It's memorable to me because that doesn't happen to me very often. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't I, happen to me, me very often either. Well, in the basement, you guys I, don't have a basement well. No, I don't. It, and it rarely lights up like that. Yeah, it's never filled with water. So I mean, that was my uh, wife's first thing. It's like it's got to have a basement well. Yeah, or, um, a basement yeah, well. Yeah, to it doesn't happen to me very often. Inflation's a killer because we did not get one with our house. Oh, you didn't? No, <laughs> you guys were ripped off. No, they're the best. We basement have, wells. We have a. We we have yeah, a girl with extremely long spot. black hair. You never see her face. <laughs> she climbs out of the TV yeah. every once in a she while. She goes backwards everywhere she goes. <laughs> Samara, you be quiet. Oh, man. I saw that uh, scene years later, and it wasn't nearly as scary to me as it was the first time I saw it. But as I was watching Carol Ann in this puddle that was lit up from underneath, I kind of had flashbacks to that feeling. Mm. And so even though the moment itself is not scary, I agree, because of my other, uh, you know, memory of that, I did have a moment of uneasiness. So you weren't scared. You no, were I wasn't triggered. scared. I was, yeah, triggered. Yeah. That's probably mm-hmm. true. Um, Nate, was there anything, any parts that were scary to you? Um, maybe that we rented this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I going off what Brant said, um, when she gets pulled up, the wall that pulled mm-hmm. up the mirror it was reminiscent to me of when the this when that kind of happens to the mom in the bedroom right. in the first uh, one yeah she yeah. gets pulled great up the wall scene and yeah. Yeah. which is just an amazing when she gets dragged up the wall and i know we're not talking about the right same movie but yeah. dragged up the wall and along the ceiling mm-hmm. um wasn't that also in mac and yeah yes. well as i say like when we watched it the other day we're like mac and me's vacuum cleaner scene is almost Eerily. as good as that yeah. yeah i mean it was so well done and so i liked that scene in this movie because it reminded me of the first mm-hmm. movie yeah um but i know we haven't talked much about her but um uh laura flynn boils she's donna. donna yeah oh is it lana flynn boyle Don- no laura, no, no, laura. No. Oh, okay. you, you said right her name's donna in this. yeah donna laura, laura yeah. sorry who uh, Donna Gardner. Donna. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Is that Scott's girlfriend? Yeah, she it's and Bruce's Scott, daughter. Carol Ann's stepsister. Cousin. Step Got cousin. it. Cousin. Oh, cousin. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Patricia's stepdaughter. So when Donna. Donna. <laughs> I I recall when we first see her and she's in the bathroom putting makeup on. Yeah. Mm. None of this is scary. It's just it, uh, no. This is what scared Did me. Did she the movie. put on too much makeup? When she remember looked, less is more. When Nate she has looked, a teenager. When she looked at when she looked like uh, Robert Pattinson, if she takes his mask off in Batman. Right. And, no, but 
when I saw her she put the makeup and she comes out of the bathroom and, and uh, Pat says she looks nice, I'm like, it flooded back to me that I had seen this before. Because mm-hmm. I read the I read the synopsis this morning and I was like, man, this sounds really familiar. Mm-hmm. But seeing that scene, just remember like, oh yeah, I remember I, I saw this movie yeah. when it came out. And I remember, um, I'm not a strong swimmer, so I remember back then I was really nervous something was going to happen in the pool yeah. for the teenagers. Like I remember that I had nerves about that, even though <laughs> even though that doesn't happen, yeah. right? So, but so seeing her for the first time when she comes out of the bathroom, and I'm like, it, I was like, mm. I have seen this movie, and I remember I was scared that something was going to happen in the pool. Yeah, that was actually kind of a good scene though when it's when she's preparing to leave Carol Ann in the apartment or the whatever their floor is, right? Yeah. Because Carol Ann comes in, talks to her, oh, she can see cool her in the part. mirror, and then she, she Donna turns around to reply, mm-hmm. and and she's not there. And the door is shut. The door's shut. Caroline's on the other side of the door. And says the same says line. Says the same thing, yeah. It's just some mundane line. It wasn't even scary right. or anything. It was the it was Bracken just texting of this movie. Yeah. yeah. That was Ooh. pretty cool. Pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Bracken, was there any part that you found scary or unnerving? Uh, not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, He's so I'm, tough. I'm sorry. I, I I do scare easily. It's funny that you mentioned the, the well in the basement because mm-hmm. the ring movies really scare yeah, me. Yeah, right. And um, I remember having a Danny experience of going home after watching The Ring in the movie theater and just being creeped out in my, in my bedroom. And Disconnecting your phone. Just like, it's so quiet. What's going on? And uh, yeah. I watched the video. What's going to happen to me? Uh, yeah. But this movie's, I mean, I love Poltergeist. And even watching Poltergeist, I've seen it. I will say I've seen the original Poltergeist dozens of times, mm-hmm. like multiple dozens of times. Uh, I love it. It's great. Um, it's can still get me if, you know, it's been a, I watched it maybe the last time I watched Poltergeist was maybe sometime in the last six months because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it in quite some time, but so it was, it was nice to see it and, and be scared by it um, a little bit because, you know, even though I know a lot of it by heart, uh, you st- it still kind of gets you a little bit or creeps yeah. you out when you, you know, when those chairs are moved or just some of the moments in it. But um, of course it also has moments of, of humor mm-hmm. like the mosquitoes um, yes. when they go and talk to the neighbors <laughs> and things like that, <laughs> that always gets me when they're, you know, slapping their necks. Um, but just this like didn't have any crazy. intentional yeah. humor. Right. Uh, like I said, the the basement uh, gr- parking garage, the car scene, I thought was it's weird. Yeah, I mean the, the the creepy Kane is is creepy. I I never liked Poltergeist two because of Kane, but mm-hmm. um, it just wasn't. I didn't get scared. Or, can I, can uh, I ask you? So I I don't scare very easily in movies. You know, like. Obviously, just like everybody else, a jump scare will get mm-hmm. me occasionally. Yeah. I'm not like I'm into it and they just get me in an unexpected moment. But generally, I'm not scared by most scary movies. The ones that do get me are things like Alien or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even the original Poltergeist because it's an unknown evil. Like you right. can't fight it. Right. It's just it's evil mm-hmm. and yeah. it's present, you know, kind of like even signs is kind of like that where it's like, you know, there's a threat. You can't see it. It's got, you know, it's got like noise hints and things like that, that you don't necessarily see the evil. So your mind is making it worse than it it really is up to the imagination. Yeah. But in this one, it's like the evil is talking constantly in English 
and it's constantly around and it's immediately and present. It's pretty so annoying. It doesn't mm-hmm. ever build. Just immediately, yeah. it's like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm the bad guy. My name's, my name's <laughs> I'm Mr. Be the Kane. Bad guy today. I'll be playing the part of the bad guy. Sorry. I'm going to well, kill Scott. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, the I feel like the bad guy in this movie was actually Seton. Yeah, it was the, yeah. Like, therapist. Was the therapist. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I mean, we need to talk about him a little bit because really he do. was really annoying. And so his, his he, whole he got thing, the most reaction yeah, out of yeah, me, I did. think, than anything. Yeah. His whole thing is he's supposed to be this therapist who's helping these kids at this um, uh, school for gifted and disturbed children, yeah. right? Because they go together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his whole thing is that he thinks that everything that has happened to Carol Ann in her life from the first two movies was all mass hypnosis and that she has the power to hypnotize everyone around her to believe that they saw what was going on he himself witnesses things like he sees the mirror a hand come up out of his desk and throw a a mug at another mirror and break it and uh he insists that carol ann hypnotized him into seeing that and hypnotized someone else into breaking the mirror from the other side Talk about denial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And all throughout, uh, somebody mentioned that he reminds them of the guy from uh, Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Yeah. So there's the, he's like the 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 headmaster headmaster of the the main character. I can't remember his name. The, the, The Deadpool? Not Deadpool. No, the kid. Who the, is, like, the fire kid. Yeah, the fire kid. He, yeah. So anyways, Flame, he's the one who's like whatever. in this orphanage for Flame gifted mode. children. And same kind of thing. Same kind of creepy. Obviously doesn't like the children. Hates the kids. He feel like he might be on a list somewhere. Right, and yeah. cops are keeping an eye on him. Right. He was just like off-putting. And he yeah. seemed like he genuinely did not like these children at yeah. any of them. Mm-hmm. Right? He, I mean, he, he probably keeps did talking about teaching certificate at the same place that Dugan did. Yeah, probably <laughs> same place. The University of Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> there goes so, our next sponsor. Right. For the uh, record, that's where I got my degree <laughs> <laughs> in marketing. Look me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> do it a little bit (laughs) so seaton gets killed yeah uh he in all of the all three of the poltergeist movies he's the only person to actually be killed on screen and sort of scott yeah well so there are three people who die scott probably yeah uh tangina yep kind of yeah and then uh seaton and in the first two movies no one dies um right related to the the spoiler yeah the tree does <laughs> i mean well, probably almost there was, a, eaten by there a, was tree. a bird that died. oh sorry tweety oh, yeah. tweety oh, died yes first scene but um this is seaton is the only one to actually be killed and he's killed by fake laura flynn boyle fake, fake donna fake donna yeah mirror donna who's in reality and odd yeah <laughs> that's donna <laughs> backwards <Yeah>. what <laughs> It's like Nilbog. She's from yeah. Nilbog. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about and things. talks came with her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
you were talking about like scenes that are, were scary. Yeah, so I want to know what you think. basically all of it was scary to me. No, the mirror scenes and the reflection mm-hmm. scenes all are very off-putting mm-hmm. to me, and I really don't like those. Um, but the scene where Donna comes out of dead corpse Tangina. Oh, yeah, Tangina touches yeah. the mirror and then instantly dies. Yeah. That was actually so that was cool an fight. almost like dead. mummified. That was yeah, the, mummified. That, that surprised me. That was creepy. That, did, that was like an yeah. alien yeah. Yeah, she out, bursts of the out of the corpse. stomach thing. I had seen and, it once before. It had been a long time, but yeah. that, did, that was That was gross surprise. and scared me, yeah. 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 I mean, I was surprised that basically Tangina was like killed at that mm-hmm. moment or di- like died. Uh, she's uh, at least gets sucked into the other side yeah right because we see her again um how is it then that kinda, she has a corpse there i don't i well, don't she, uh, nate don't could know. you explain this to me okay so <laughs> what happened can you explain was, how curses work to me <laughs> so if you act in a movie there's a good chance you'll be cursed <laughs> and one day you might die but um so i think what happened i mean we watched the same movie so you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but she gets caught by Kane, yeah, and dies, and okay. she's on the other side, like as a spirit, oh. like he is a spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my, that's what I think okay. is. The, she's a medium, right? Yeah, she's got yeah. extra she special has, powers. She has I mean, powers. She even says it. That's at the, the end. point. At the I end. have yeah. the knowledge. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, the power. And yeah. the power. Yeah, I mean that. Well, because she's got the sword of uh, of Grace Eternia. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Patricia asks, like, why can't you? Why is, show me how to. Tell me how to use this magic amulet so we can all, we can all come back, including yeah. you. And then she's like, "This is just the way it has to be." Also, my body is toast now, and a teenage <laughs> I... mummified girl came out of it. So I don't know what I'm coming back to. What, what body would I inhabit? All Please. right, guys, I feel like we need to get back to the other side. <laughs> I think this has gone long enough. <laughs> I would like this to be played out a little longer. <laughs> Do this on your own time. Because you know how she does those like long monologues. I want to see her do a monologue about how she can't get back. You don't hear this. Like she's not credited this way. Her name is actually Tangina Exposition. (laughs) So it's. I mean, she has. You know, she's a plot device. She she actually is literally a plot device. I mean, she is obviously. She is somewhere in. She is the MacGuffin. Yeah, she is trying well, to bring Deus Ex Machina. To it. Yeah, she oh. is far away, like, and you mean Deus Ex De- Tangina. Yeah, <laughs> she knows what's going on, even though she's like an airplane right away, mm. and even on the airplane, she knows that who's the bad guy, and mm. that it's the it's Seton's fault, and all of this, and everything is going on. Like she knows everything that's going on because she's rubbing her. <laughs> Uh, turquoise. <laughs> so she had, does have the best line in the movie, though. <laughs> Which Remember is... when when fake Carolan is they're trying to pull her through the door. Uh huh. And what was a really cool effect, I thought, was, was the actually door stretching. Yeah. yeah. And she comes and she shows. That's when she first shows up. Right. right she shows right. up and pushes. Uh, Bruce and Pat. Hold on, though. Out of the way. She watches them for like yes. a yes. solid two yeah. minutes, yeah. just rubbing with, her, with kind her of a amulet. turquoise and kind of like a, a judgmental look on her face. <laughs> yeah, like you're doing it wrong. And uh, that's so true. And then she comes over and pushes Bruce and Pat out of the way, and says, "That's not Caroline." And uh, and Pat's like, "How did you know? How did you know it wasn't her?" And then she's like, "The real question is, 
why didn't you? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that was, was a good awesome. line. Yeah, was good Gina line. was spitting fire. <laughs> she came out swinging. I'm also a marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, oh, so after all of that, yeah. what do you all think about this movie? Is this movie... I mean, it's definitely bad. Is it exceptionally bad? Uh, we'll start with Nate. Okay, so I was on record before the movie started because Tangina is played by Zelda Rubenstein. Mm-hmm. And I said if if in the scene where she enters the movie, they play the Legend of Zelda theme song, I would give this an exceptionally bad, no matter how it turned out. That did not happen, so I have to make the, the choice on my own. Um <laughs> This movie was was actually kind. Of, I mean, the effects were great. If you were into practical effects, mm-hmm. definitely watch this movie because mm-hmm. it. Some were cheesy. Uh, they spent a lot of money on fog machines, but like mm-hmm. it was, the effects were actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if if you're into that sort of thing, definitely watch it. But for me, it was it was kind of boring. I, I would. St- I'm going with bad. Mm-hmm. Bracket. Yeah, I mean, there's not much story here. There's not much that's going to stick out and be memorable. Um, there's certainly some stuff you can make fun of, but it's really, I, that's, you hit it on the nose. It's boring. Just mm-hmm. like Nathan said. So, um, Thank unless you, you want to play some kind of proper, um, noun game, <laughs> uh, it's just really not worth your time. Don't do a drinking game with I, with the names. And I would recommend, honestly, I would, Psycho is a much better movie that uses reflections oh. and mirrors. Yeah. And I, I would recommend that over this. I mean, that's not a fair comparison, but just, yeah, don't even bother. <laughs> or stick with the original Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Bracken. Thanks, Nate. Ben, do I have the floor? Yes. Great. You do, so, <clears throat> No, I agree with what everybody else has said. Honestly, by everyone else, you mean Nathan and Bracken? I do. I do okay. mean that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also what we have said over the past 81 minutes um, is <laughs> like the special effects. I, well, the, I, the practical effects. So any of the monster stuff I thought was kind of dumb, right? The masks don't hold up. Mm-hmm. Kane is, doesn't really do anything for me. But like the mirrors, mm-hmm. all of those mirror effects were very cool and very top tier. And I actually read a thing. Uh, the the movie what is it one night in soho i think that's the one yeah so with uh what's her face anya taylor something rather. anya taylor joy her yep. yes and the girl from jojo rabbit yep yep so i was reading a little thing about that and they were like the directors were like hey we want to do this and so they actually reached out yeah. to you know the the crew that made this oh cool and he was like let me tell you something and just basically kind of unloaded and they're like oh that is so cool so some of the effects that you see in that movie are actually practical, yeah, whereas today really you would expect cool. they're all just digital, right? Yeah. So I do give high marks for that. It is very cool if you look at it that. But I will say, like, the the big bad was never scary. Mm-hmm. It was there was a, again a couple shock points, but it wasn't because it was scary. It was just something flashed and was loud for a second or something. And honestly, all of the proper nouns were so distracting, right? <laughs> like we made the joke that it was. It's like in elementary school when you first have to start writing stories and everybody uses proper nouns, you know, it's like Mary said this, Tom replied with blah, blah, blah. Mary agreed with that. Right. That's how this entire script is. And it's, it's funny at first and then it's annoying. Mm -hmm. And by literally by like halfway through the movie, (laughs) Bracken was just saying, 
proper noun, proper noun, proper noun. <laughs> and about at that pace, too, honestly. Yeah, For yeah, several yeah. minutes until he was like, I'm bored of this. I've said proper noun about 140 times. and But even the, after that, like, everybody else picked it up. Proper noun, proper noun. Because <laughs> it is so distracting, right? Like, once you key into that. So I think, Nate, you were saying, don't turn this into a drinking game. Yeah. Do not do that. It's You'll dangerous. be drunk in five minutes. Yeah. How many times was Caroline Carolyn's name? It says, Caroline says it one hundred they say it one hundred and twenty one times in this film. Wow. Just it, her name. Just was, her name. It was yeah. noteworthy when Donna called Bruce dad. That's right. Right. Yeah. Well right. yeah, anytime that because literally all of the secondary characters are also Mr. Gardner. Well Mrs. Scott, blah blah blah. We would make well, a, we were making the comments where like if there were four people talking to each other and they didn't say their like it was so noticeable when they didn't say their names right. it's like how are they supposed to know who you're talking to yeah. well this is the thing too like yeah. we'd have scenes where the janitor would come in and talk to the main guy right. the architect or whatever the yep. man- property manager Gardner, yeah. and he's like knows the 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 His name janitor's Nate. name it right was, yeah Nate and, and Nathan he, he wouldn't yes. just say hey he'd just say oh yeah, you call him by his name. And also, who cares? He's the janitor. He has no bearing on the movie at right. all. Right. Right. Hey, like, he... It's Nate. <laughs> he doesn't need a name. <laughs> no. I was worried because Nate was the black guy in the movie. And I'm like, oh crap, he's gonna die. Yeah. I don't want to see survived. a Nate. I don't want to see a Nate die on screen. He survived. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that would be traumatic for me. The nation of Nates. <laughs> so the United Nathans. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> As a movie, I did not enjoy it. I had a lot of fun watching it with you guys. Uh-huh. Um, most of you guys. And <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Can you, can you name us? Sorry, can you, can you name by name who you didn't enjoy watching it with? Anyways, I, I thought it was bad. It was, it was not good. Dan. <laughs> Nathan. Bracken. Benjamin. I didn't enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, I will say, like I, I mentioned before, I was not angry this time watching this movie because I expected it to be bad. Um, it is very boring and really convoluted. It it really is hard to figure out actually what the heck the story is. Um, you kind of know the, the beginning of the story, but you don't really understand what the heck is happening with the mirror world and with tangina and her necklace and it's it gets so lost in there that and then and then it finishes and you're kind of like oh wow that was so fast it just like stopped i mean the movie was done and credits are rolling and you're like oh wait are isn't there going to be a climax and it's like so it's like birdemic yeah right i mean even though that's even though that ending lasted 10 minutes it just ended suddenly (laughs) So I will say that this movie is not a good movie, which is why it's on our radar. Um, I find it absolutely hilarious how much the names were being used. Mm -hmm. And that is, to me, is so unique. And um, the, the effects, like everyone has said, they're very, a lot of them are fun to watch and they're interesting and kind of challenging. How did they do that? You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I, disagree with all of you in the fact that I actually think this is exceptionally bad (laughs) because I think that if you watch this film with a group of people, a group of friends and you watched it, uh, whether you're, I mean, not as a drinking game, but just having fun with how much they're saying each other's names Mm -hmm. 
and just kind of the ridiculousness of the whole thing. I think it it's fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe one time with a bunch of friends. Maybe more than once. I don't know. But uh, I I also did not feel like it was long. Like like I said, it was kind of surprised that it was already over, and so I didn't feel like it was long and painful. So yeah, I think this one's exceptionally bad. So mm-hmm. I know you all outnumber me, but still. Well, I'll just back you up because yeah. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like there are parts. There, <laughs> they're trying to unplug. My mind. <laughs> there are parts of it that were fun, and the and the whole face thing from Bruce onto everybody. Like those were fun things <laughs> yeah, to. Right. La- there were just enough fun things to laugh about, and it yeah. is re- la- you know with you guys and you guys making fun of Scott and all those kind of things. There was enough. Yeah, like what you said, it kind of hit exceptionally bad on mine. But you guys make these movies fun. So <laughs> so we're offering our services. Yes. $500 an hour. We'll watch any movie with you. And make it we fun. We will show yeah. up to your movie and make it fun. Make sure to ask for Nate Bracken. Brant. <laughs> Brad, right? Brad. <laughs> the marketer. <laughs> Danny, Put me on a Danny and Ben. Danny hashtag laugh track. <laughs> now, where the where can they really catch us? Uh, you can catch us uh, on Instagram at exceptionally bad. That's a great place to uh, communicate with us and hear about what's coming up. You can email us at the guys at exceptionallybad.com. You can hit our website at exceptionallybad.com. Or you can go to our YouTube channel, Exceptionally Bad. Yep. So that's all we have for today. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yes, Mr. Gardner, I don't know what happened to Donna and Scott. Sorry. Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Ugh, that was terrible. We fixed that in post.